Okay, good morning. Hello, uh, my name is Tom. Um, I've got to say, it's fantastic to be back in the building. Um, we came in this morning and just you know, seeing all of this, it's, it took a, a few moments to get used to. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Um, we were back in the building last week and having Dennis and Charmian kicking off our Heroes of the Faith series. Um, great to hear what they were saying and sharing about um, their work in Peru. Um, if, you, if you missed that, do catch up online. Um, but yeah, they, they kicked off our Heroes of the Faith series um, where we're looking through Hebrews 11 and particularly um, Dennis was focusing on the life of Samuel and how obedience and perseverance in prayer um, can, can be seen in Samuel's life. Now, one of the key themes that I, I see when I read through Hebrews 11 is that of hope. You know, we were just singing about it um, and actually it's in the first sentence, in the first few words of that chapter. It says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what the ancients were commended for. So this, uh, the author, not sure who it was, it was writing to early Christian converts from Judaism, hence the name of the letter Hebrews. Um, and they were probably, you know, if you read through the letter, and I'd, I'd encourage you to do so, um, they were probably being persecuted, as we've just spent some time thinking about. And so the author of this letter is trying to argue the case for why they should stick with Jesus rather than go back to their old Jewish beliefs. And so these people are, are being persecuted. They're going through a really difficult time. And so the author is trying to give them a message of hope, something to hang on to, um, as, as they're being persecuted. And so I'd, I'd highly recommend read Hebrews 11. It's, it's really encouraging. Um, but through this list of these heroes of the faith, these ancients that it refers to, we get these wonderful lines in verses 13 to 16. It says, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, I'm sure the Christians who received that letter would have felt like those words are really applicable for them. They'd read this list of, of heroes of the faith, people like Abraham and Sarah, Joseph and Moses, all people who had promises given to them, but they never received them. Moses led the people through the wilderness for 40 years, but did he get to the promised land? No, he never got to see that. And so for these early Christians, maybe that's what they could connect with. They could see, actually, these ancients never received the promises that God had for them. And that's maybe how they felt. But the author of this letter is saying to them, keep going, because there's something better to come. Now, hold on to that thought of hope. Hold on to the theme, because we need a quick reality check. Um, you know, we're, we're probably, well, in this country, we're not really going through the same persecution that those early Christians are. Um, but I think the message of hope is still really relevant to us today. I don't know if you've checked the news recently, but it's not great. Um, there's so much bad news, and, and sometimes we can feel like it's, it's really distant. There's a war. There, there are many wars, but they're all overseas. Um, 
you know, there are hurricanes, there are floods, there are droughts, but, but they're all overseas, they're away from us, they're far away. And sometimes, yeah, when we watch the news, we can feel like, oh yeah, it's all out there, but I don't know about you, more and more as I watch the news, um, it's, it's happening at home as well. We've got a cost of living crisis where people are um, struggling to feed themselves, to heat their home. Um, we still haven't really recovered from COVID, I don't think. You know, we say that things are back to normal, but I don't think we're, we're back to where we were. There is a mental health crisis. You know, the, the outlook is, is really bleak if you watch the news. I don't want to get everyone down. It's a nice sunny morning, but, but that is how it is. Sometimes we have to face the reality of our broken world. We desperately need a message of hope. Our friends need a message of our hope. Our families, our colleagues, delivery drivers, shopkeepers, refuse collectors, whoever we come across in our world, they need a message of hope in these dark times. So what can we learn from Hebrews 11? And I think the answer comes actually in, in the last couple of verses. So as a sort of summary, um, the author says, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for them, uh, for us, sorry, so that only together with us they may be made perfect. God had planned something better for us. Wow, but, you know, it's, it's great reading that, but what the heck is the author talking about? What has God planned for us? Well, I think that simply put, God has planned eternity for us, an eternity of relationship with him. And I've recently, I'm doing a Bible in the Year study, and, and I've got to that point where I'm reading through all of Paul's letters. Um, and it's so obvious, as you read Paul's letters to the, church, the early churches, that one of the main things that Paul focuses on, well, two main things, I guess, was Jesus coming back again and the eternity that would follow from there. And in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He's just sort of listed the difficulties he's gone through. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, and let's just pause there, light and momentary troubles like being shipwrecked, <coughs> like being stoned, like being persecuted. Um, and Paul just says, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And then in the next chapter that follows, he goes on to talk about the resurrection that he's looking forward to when our groaning earthly bodies are replaced by eternal, perfect, God-given ones. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was sat cross-legged on the, the sofa the other day for too long, um, and as I got, got up, my knee, I was just so painful. I'm, I'm 30, um, and already I'm starting to ache. My body is aching and groaning, um, and yeah, I'm sure <laughs> hopefully other people can relate, and it's not just me, but um, you know, that there is something about our physical nature that it, it is... Um, yeah, it's, it's a downward um, sort of trajectory. <laughs> 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 Wasn't really planning for the talk to go this way, but, you know, there is that hope. 
that we will get a new body. We will get a refreshed body, a God-given, perfect body. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not just Paul who speaks about eternity. Um, Jesus himself um, says that we shouldn't be storing up treasures on earth, but we should be storing up treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You know, Jesus had this idea that we're not just living for the here and now. We're living for eternity. And the eternity that we see in the Bible shows a future of wholeness, a future of belonging, a future which is free from pain and suffering, as Revelation 21 says. It's a future where we get to see God face to face. You know, Moses, this man of God, got to see the, the, like God's back as he went away from him. He got to meet him in the, the tabernacle, but he didn't get to meet him face to face as we will in eternity. And it's a future where every promise that God has made, which we don't see fulfilled in this life, gets its yes and amen. And I think it's sometimes easy to talk about eternity um, and you know, talk about the hope of it, um, but in this life, hopes, we, we kind of use the word hope in a slightly strange way. We often say that hopes are things that we want to happen, but we don't necessarily think they will. Like, I hope one day to go to Canada or something like that. Um, I don't know if that will happen. But the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection is completely different. And there are two reasons why we can be so confident that our hope is secure. Now, firstly, that is that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, Paul yeah, talks at length about the resurrection, one of his favorite topics. And essentially, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead then, well, there's no hope for the next life. And, and really, there's no point us being here today if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. It proves that God has the power to defeat death. And through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, it means that we are included. We have been welcomed in and enabled to join him in the resurrection. Oh, maybe you're here this morning and, and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian or you don't really think you believe the resurrection. Well, I'd definitely uh, recommend have a look at it. In my opinion, it is the pivotal moment in history. Um, and so the Gospels, the, you know, the, the books of the Bible, have eyewitness accounts of people who saw them and, and what they saw happen. Do you have a read of those? Or there are Alpha courses coming up, hopefully, um, that yeah, we'd love you to go along to. You can discuss the resurrection. I'm pretty sure that's one of the, the topics um, at the Alpha course. So do go along. Or if you just want to chat about it after the service, I'm happy to do that over a cup of coffee. So firstly, we can be confident of the resurrection of our future hope because of Jesus being that first fruits, that example. And secondly, we can be confident of our hope because of the Holy Spirit. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who's given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So the spirit within us acts like a deposit, a down payment of what is to come. If this morning you would say you have received the Holy Spirit, 
then I've got news for you. You are guaranteed eternal life. That is God's promise. The Holy Spirit is that deposit for us. So our hope for the future, our hope for eternity, isn't just this vague, wishful thinking. It's a reality that is going to happen. And because it's something that is going to happen, well, that actually has a big impact on how we live now. When I was preparing for this talk over the last couple of weeks, these two words um, came to mind that I, I felt God was saying to me. It's think eternity. You know, for many of us, we can go around our daily lives um, thinking about the here and now, the humdrum of life. Or maybe you're thinking about the next few weeks, the months, the years, but how often do we think about eternity? Maybe you're one of those people who lives in the moment. You seize the day and, you know, you are obeying Jesus' commandment to not worry about tomorrow, but to seek first the kingdom. But if you're never thinking about eternity or that glorious future to come, then how can we be obeying another of Jesus' commands to store up treasures for eternity? And how can we persevere through the difficult times if we don't have something to hope for in the future? How can we be encouraged that actually what we do in the here and now is paying forward into eternity? Or have the motivation that there are eternal consequences for people who choose to reject God? Thinking about eternity shouldn't just be reserved for those times maybe when we reflect on, uh, like we've done this morning, on, on death and war, or for when we're going through hard times, but we can take a leaf out of Paul's books. Paul, who lived in the here and now, who, who realized every moment was a gift from God, he thought about eternity, and he used it to give him a boldness. He said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain, because he gets to be with God. There's a great quote by a man called Simon Gilbert who says, we are immortal until God calls us home. So be bold, be courageous, because there's something better that God has planned for you, eternity. Now, on the other hand, you might be more like me, a, a bit of a planner. Um, yesterday, me and Rosie were, um, were filling out our calendar for next year. We got a 2023 calendar, putting things, you know, birthdays and everything, anniversaries into that. Um, already planning. And, and I, went, I learned a word from Holly the other day. It was diarize. We like to diarize things, to, to put things in weeks, months, years, in fact, in advance. <laughs> yeah, got another diarizer over there. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're not like us. Maybe, in fact, you've got a five or a ten-year plan, you know, things that you want to do, people you want to see, places you want to go, the person that you want to be in five or ten years' time. You're already planning ahead. Where does eternity fit into that? Well, the question I'd like to ask is are we just planning for our own future? Or are we planning for the future that God has for us? Do our plans consider the fact that Jesus will return? Does that shape what we prioritize? James says the, these wonderful words that, you know, a bit, a bit um, like I was saying earlier, uh, what is your life? 
You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. You know, having that eternal perspective. So do your plans involve God? Or is it just your wish list of things that you want to do, see or become? Thinking about eternity can, can plot a course for our lives. It gives us a steer, a direction to head in. And our plans and our priorities uh, should follow God's plans. Sometimes it's really easy just to, yeah, just to sort of go along with the flow, to, to go with what we think. But how often do you stop and ask God what he wants to do? Does he want to change your plans to fit into his eternal plans? Are you opening to him? Are you listening to him with an open heart? So, your challenge over the next few weeks is to try and develop a habit of thinking about eternity. Rob Scott Cook, a couple of months ago, um, shared one of his habits that every day he wakes up and he asks, is today the day that you come back, Lord Jesus? It's that daily habit of thinking, oh, this life isn't all there is. There is an eternal future to come. Maybe that's something that you can do. As soon as the alarm goes off or you hear the kids screaming, is today the day, Lord? (laughs) (laughs) Such an encouragement there. (laughs) So maybe you want to start start doing that or or perhaps just reading, looking through the Bible, looking some, some of Paul's letters about eternity. Two Corinthians would be a great starting point to read about eternity, to, to start longing for it. Because we want to be like the author of Hebrews says, those people who live as strangers on the earth because we long for a heavenly city. So when we look at the state of the world, the tough things going on, thinking about eternity gives us something to hold on to. It can give us a boldness Um, as we share our faith, because we know that something better is coming. And it can provide a bearing by which we can plot the course of our lives, knowing that something better is coming. That is the message of hope that the author of Hebrews is is pointing us towards and highlights to us in the lives of those heroes of the faith that he writes about. We are going to pray and and respond to that in a second. But first, um, we've got a reflection. It's a spoken word by Di Woolridge, um, kind of reflecting on remembrance, but also the topic of eternity. So if we could watch that now. I'm counting down the hours till I'm home, where the realm of sin ceases to exist, but we exist in the realm of perfection. Brokenness gets fixed and pain gets ripped off like a plaster that's eternally disposed of. A place where burdens are lifted, dismantled and returned. A place filled to the brim with his glory, A place where eternity to praise him won't seem like long enough. Broken bodies get a holy revamp and blemishes are blotted out by the love of and for the Trinity. I'm counting down the hours till I'm home dry, 
where I'm judged right just because Jesus took my place as accused in the court before the Father. I'm eagerly awaiting paradise where tears only flow out of overwhelming awe and joy, where wars end, where pain stops, where baggage is taken off our shoulders. I'm counting down the hours till that day, the day where I'll be welcomed into the pearly gates of perfection by the author of resurrection life. The day where we'll meet again and see old friends, same friends yet, filled to the brim with a new frame, perfected with a new creation upgrade, one that will never fade, degrade or deteriorate. A place where organs don't fail to know fullness in the orator who orchestrated order from the chaos. But we're not just counting down, we're counting on. The one who doesn't count our transgressions against us, but counts us righteous. Because if we count on him, he counts us his heirs. And as we bring to mind those who are home dry, may we know that they no longer count down the days because they just count the ways that the most ancient of days shines his face and in his grace lifts up his countenance upon them and gives them peace. stand, I'll invite Luke and the band up. As a reminder of this, this passage in Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here now. Would you fill us with that joy and peace? Come, Holy Spirit. 